Welcome to NVC Life. I'm Rochelle Lamb, veteran NVC trainer and relationship coach, helping listeners navigate interpersonal conflict and ground more deeply into relational living. Greetings, fellow humans. In last week's episode, I spoke about borderline personality disorder, which is a condition characterized by a pervasive pattern of instability in affect regulation, impulse control, interpersonal relationships, and self-image. I spoke about how often it is misdiagnosed, how prevalent it actually is, and how it can be experienced by those who have the condition, as well as those who are in relationship with someone who has it. Before I jump into one of the more recognized effective treatments for BPD known as dialectical behavioral therapy, I want to speak to the subject of labels and diagnoses. Any of you who have studied NVC or nonviolent communication know that labeling and diagnosing are frowned upon. In fact, Marshall Rosenberg himself would speak about how he would not look at the patient's psychiatric profile when he worked with a patient since it would interfere with his ability to see the human being. Don't see the label, see the person instead. I embrace and appreciate this perspective. Most of us will automatically start spinning a narrative as soon as we hear a label or diagnosis. Think, for example, of what happens in your head when you hear the following racist, homophobe, bigot, rapist, pedophile, criminal, psychopath, alcoholic, addict, narcissist. What happens to your view of a person when you hear those words? It's really hard to imagine a person behind the label or diagnosis, isn't it? Most of us think monster, and it's just as hard to want to know a person once you hear a pejorative label. When I'm teaching NVC, I stress the importance of recognizing how labels and diagnoses interfere with our ability to see others as human. That being said, I understand how in some contexts they can serve as shorthand for specific behaviors. Other NVC trainers may not agree with me on this point, but if a label or diagnosis is used to describe traits or behaviors and the intention is to connect with and understand the other person, it can be useful. Consider labels that have physical or cognitive aspects mixed in. Autistic, ADD, advanced MS, anorexic. Having a diagnosis is what helps drive effective treatment. If you are suffering from digestive issues for weeks, dragging into months, dragging into years, and your repeated attempts at finding out what was plaguing you remained elusive, until finally one day it was determined that you had celiac disease. Wouldn't you be relieved to know what you were dealing with and what you could do about it? One of the greatest challenges those who suffer from BPD face, as well as those who love them, is the deep frustration around obtaining a proper diagnosis. As I said in last week's episode, it can take years to obtain or be missed entirely. And meanwhile, the condition has only worsened and the person and his family are suffering enormously. Now, this isn't to say that everyone who receives a BPD diagnosis feels immediate relief at hearing the diagnosis, but it's important to know that many actually do. Many report feeling huge relief to suddenly be able to make sense of their suffering and to be told that there is, in fact, a course of treatment. And what about those who are resistant to the diagnosis or humiliated or angered by it? 
I suspect that when a condition is as stigmatized and stereotyped as BPD is, it's no wonder a person would be upset by the diagnosis. This is why education is crucial. The more the condition is understood, the greater the likelihood that those who are afflicted will be seen through a lens of compassion instead of a lens of judgment. There are many specialists in the field of BPD who work tirelessly to destigmatize it. One of those people is Dr. Marsha Linehan, who developed dialectical behavioral therapy. She did this in large part because of her own mental health struggles as a late teenager in the early 60s. She spent 26 months in the hospital, was diagnosed with schizophrenia, and was described as one of the most disturbed patients the hospital had ever had. She attacked herself habitually, cut her arms, her legs, her stomach, burned her wrists with cigarettes. Fast forward to the present. Linehan has authored and co-authored many books, including two treatment manuals, Cognitive Behavioral Treatment for Borderline Personality Disorder and Skills Training Manual for Treating Borderline Personality Disorder. In 2021, she published a book about her life and the creation of dialectical behavioral therapy titled Building a Life Worth Living, a Memoir. In it, she reveals that looking back at her hospitalized days, she would have diagnosed herself with BPD. Up until this acknowledgement, it was not known to the general public that she had herself struggled with BPD. At a talk she gave at the Institute of Living in Hartford, Connecticut, before friends, colleagues, and family members, she said, When I developed this treatment, I was carrying out a vow that I had made in my own life, And I made the vow at age 18, and the vow was that once I got out of hell, I would go back to hell and help other people get out. And this is precisely what she has done. So what is dialectical behavioral therapy, more commonly referred to as DBT? DBT focuses on helping people increase their capacity in four key areas, mindfulness, regulation, interpersonal effectiveness, and distress tolerance. One book founded on DBT principles that I highly recommend is titled Loving Someone with Borderline Personality Disorder, How to Keep Out-of-Control Emotions from Destroying Your Relationship, written by Dr. Sherry Manning. In fact, I would recommend the book to anyone who wants to learn more about how to become more effective at managing trouble areas in any relationship where tensions are high, since dysregulation is typically experienced by the majority of people in close interpersonal relationships at some point or other. There are many components to DBT, but one of the main components is validation. Now, most of us have either said or heard someone else say, I need validation, I need to be validated, but what does validation mean in the context of BPD and DBT? Validation is the recognition and acceptance of another person's internal experience as being valid. Emotional validation is distinguished from emotional invalidation, in which your own or another person's emotional experiences are rejected, ignored, or judged. There are different ways to validate. You can validate a person's thoughts. I can see why you're worried about that. It's definitely a concern. You can validate a person's emotions. Of course, you're sad about the breakup. It's devastating. 
You can validate a person's actions. I understand why you walked away from him instead of standing and arguing. So how does validation align with empathy as practiced in the NVC model? It's possible that some might say that they are one and the same, but I do see them a bit differently. Here's an example of validation from Manning's book. Ray is our loved one and Ray has BPD. Ray calls you up in the morning. He's really upset. His voice is loud and he sounds like he's on the verge of tears. Ray says, I cannot believe what I did last night. I had a bad day. Rob and I are having really bad problems. I couldn't go home, so I went to the bar. And Ray is becoming dysregulated as he speaks. You say, okay, Ray, you and Bob were in a bad place, and so you went to the bar and not home. Tell me what happened. Ray gets louder. I'm telling you what happened. I got wasted and went home with someone I didn't know. I blacked out and don't remember what happened. You say, man, this is bad. You're worried about what you did last night, right? Are you worried about STDs or about what Bob thinks? I'd probably be worried about both. Ray says, I don't want to talk about it anymore. It's pissing me off, even talking about it. You say, I'm sure it's hard to talk about. I bet you have a lot of emotions right now. I know people have been hard on you before, and it's making it difficult for you to talk to me. Are you sure you don't want my help? If we examine Ray's scenario through the NVC lens, how might we respond? Ray says, I cannot believe what I did last night. I had a bad day. Bob and I are having really bad problems. I couldn't go home, so I went to the bar. Remember, he's becoming dysregulated. You say, you sound pretty frustrated right now. Am I guessing accurately? Are you needing some reassurance that your relationship with Bob will stabilize? Ray gets louder. I'm telling you what happened. I got wasted and went home with someone I didn't know. I blacked out and don't remember what happened. You say, oh, that sounds intense. Are you needing to have more faith in yourself and your decisions? Or you say, ooh, that sounds intense. Are you needing empathy for how you feel in this moment? Now, I personally don't like to ask a person if they're needing empathy. I'd rather demonstrate empathy with my willingness to connect with them. Or you could say, that sounds intense. Are you needing relief from the intensity of your feelings? I would say that under normal circumstances, these would be effective. The person would probably calm down, but normal isn't what's happening here. Imagine that you're speaking with someone who is being pulled in two directions in this moment. One voice is screaming, I want this to go away. I don't want to feel and I don't want to know how I feel. Getting in touch with my needs is too painful and brings up a lot of shame because I repeatedly do these stupid things over and over in my life. Real connection is terrifying to me. I don't know how to connect with myself or with others. Your efforts to help me only remind me that there's something wrong with me, which I already know, so leave me alone. I'm better off without you. The other voice is screaming. I'm desperate for connection. I want to feel at peace with the world and with myself. I want to feel like I belong and that I'm an able person. I want to be able to handle challenges without raging at everyone around me or collapsing into a disgusting heap of self-hatred. The terrifying dilemma of wanting to connect on the one hand and intensely fearing connection on the other hand. 
Sylvia Plath wrote in her book, The Bell Jar. It is as if my life were magically run by two electric currents, joyous, positive, and despairing negative. Whichever is running at the moment dominates my life, floods it. Here are three things not to do when your loved one is becoming dysregulated. Don't tell your loved one to calm down. Don't try to solve the problem before you have a clear picture of it and are sure your loved one wants you to help solve it. Don't say you understand when you don't. Here's another example from Manning's book. Consider a person who weighs 70 pounds and says she's fat. Eating disorders, by the way, are very common among people with BPD. It is probably true that she has a self-construct of being an overweight person. However, to agree with her that she is fat would be validating the invalid, which you don't want to do. Fortunately, there are things that we can validate. We all have had days when, independent of our weight, we feel fat. Or we ate too much last night and are worried that we're gaining weight. Vocalizing these aspects. I know you feel fat. Or being bloated stinks. Or... I can understand that you're worried about gaining weight, even when you know you need to do so, is validating that what the person says makes sense and is understandable to us. Something important to know about people who suffer from BPD, Manning writes, people with BPD do not have a sense of who they are. In the moment, they are unable to identify what their experience is, what they feel in their bodies, what their thoughts and emotions are. They often judge themselves very harshly and struggle to develop realistic goals for the future. They do not know their values or their likes and dislikes. Hearing that, can you see how hard it will be for a person to name their feelings and needs? With practice, however, a person with BPD who is receiving treatment can eventually learn how to access and articulate their feelings and needs. It may seem ironic that a person can be so flooded with strong feelings, so dysregulated, and yet not be able to say how they're feeling. But that is, in fact, what's happening for them. There's so much to say on this subject, and I've only barely scratched the surface. And even for those who don't have BPD, learning about it and about dialectical behavioral therapy, there's so much to be learned that can be applied to any relationship challenge, especially when exchanges become overheated. I'll be including resources in the show notes to support your continued learning if that's what you'd like to do. There's no doubt that we are complex beings, and the interpersonal realm is just as complex, if not more so, as two or more complexities attempt to make contact with each other. I conclude this episode with a quote from Marsha Linehan. You can't think yourself into new ways of acting. You can only act yourself into new ways of thinking. For anyone who's ever struggled with making significant changes in their life, this is sound advice. Thank you for tuning into NBC Life. For future episodes, be sure to subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, or YouTube. For free resources or to book a private session with me, head over to rochellelam.com. Until the next time, stay sane, grateful, and generous.